I tried to prove my love to you Over and over What more can I do Over and over My friend says I'm a fool But over, over and over I'll be a fool for you Cause you've got Personality Walk with Welcome, welcome to the Urantia Audio Radio Podcast. And again, it's always good to have you here. I also want to encourage you to check out the website or keep it bookmarked. It's always easy to get resources there, UrantiaRadio.net. And um, I've sort of gone to a more minimalized approach, but there's still a lot, a lot of great news from the worlds of science and religion. And uh, just, you know, I, I wanted it, I designed it with a Urantia book reader in mind because obviously that's where we allow you to check out our podcast and also just read and see what's going on in the Urantia community at large. So anyway, so we've been talking a lot about, uh, well, I brought it up a few times about personality because uh, I think it was either the podcast that I did before this last one or a recent podcast uh, where we're talking about what personality is. Personality is a quality that is unique. It's not material. It's it's unique, and it's what makes every single one of us so different, uniquely different. There are no two personalities, like no two snowflakes. And so that means something. If you're a person who who can appreciate that quality that makes us who we are, and it's also unchanging. And I thought it would be interesting to go into this a little bit more. I got an email from someone who was talking about uh, the thought adjusters, which is something we have not really touched on, and and maybe perhaps we should in a future podcast. But for right now, I want to tackle the issue of of personality survival and personality from Paper 112 because it's great reading and it's actually very inspirational. And I know that if we share this a little bit, it'll give you something to sort of consider uh, over the next couple of days that actually will kind of make you feel real good, as it has for me for many, many years. So let's read from paper uh, 112, Personality Survival. You can join with me if you'd like. Or you could just sit back, close your eyes, and enjoy the conversation. So the revelators write, and by the way, I want to see who wrote this. I always like to know who wrote each of the paper kind of gives me a better understanding of where they're coming from and what their bona fides might be. Uh, So this was written by a solitary messenger. Solitary messengers travel for long periods of time and space carrying information from one area of space to another, delivering messages, uh, sort of like the FedEx of the universe. And so these, these beings 
and I won't go into too much detail about their origins, but they're a very specialized group, and they are entrusted with great uh, responsibility. And they compensate for time and space because they're able to move so quickly and and, and go across such great distances. I think they, they can go like, like six times the speed of light or something like that. Anyway, so uh, personality survival written by a solitary messenger. So this solitary messenger gave us um, his perspective on personality survival and what personality is. And so it's written, the evolutionary planets are the spheres of human origin. The initial worlds are of the ascending mortal career. The initial worlds of ascending mortal career. We start here. Urantia is your starting point. Here you and your divine thought adjuster. And what is a thought adjuster? It is a fragment of the living father. It's like a compass needle in your mind that steers you truthward. Your answer is your starting point. Here you and your divine adjuster are joined in temporary union. You have been endowed with a perfect guide. Therefore, if you will sincerely run the race of time and gain the final goal of faith, the reward of the ages shall be yours. You will be eternally united with your fragment, your indwelling adjuster. Then will begin your real life, the ascending life, to which your present mortal state is but just a vestibule. Then will begin your exalted and progressive mission as finaliters in the eternity which stretches out before you. And throughout all of these successive ages and stages of evolutionary growth, there is one part of you that remains absolutely unaltered, and that is personality, permanence, in the presence of change. While it would be presumptuous to attempt the definition of personality, it may prove helpful to recount some of the things which are known about personality. Number one, personality is that quality in reality which is bestowed by the universal father himself or by the third person of deity, which is the universal spirit acting for the father. Because there are different kinds of personalities, right? There are ascenders like us, and then there are descenders, and then there are spirit Creature uh, personalities. So personality is either going to come from the Father, which is where we get our personality, or it might come from the third person of deity, the universal spirit, the, the, the mother spirit, the Holy Spirit. Not the spirit of truth, that's from the Son. But personality is a quality in reality. It may be bestowed upon any living energy system which includes mind or spirit. It is not wholly subject to the fetters of antecedent causation. It is relatively creative or co-creative. So what does that mean, antecedent causation? Well, you know, like a pinball, you know, when a pinball is just going bouncing around from bumper to bumper, personality is not just bumper to bumper in life. It is actually not affected by the physical world. Uh, if it's sunny, it's not as if that, that has a, or if it's cold, it doesn't have an effect. Uh, it is it is relatively creative or co-creative. In other words, it is spontaneous, creative in the spontaneous sense, original. Like you can come up with an idea that nobody else could come up with. That is creative. That's a, it's a, and it's not subject to just the material environment. 
Number four, when bestowed upon evolutionary material creatures, it causes spirit to strive for the mastery of energy matter through the mediation of mind. That's why we have air conditioners, see? Somebody at some point uh, in the creative process and their personality said, how can I make this room cool? Or what can I do to make, what happens when we do, you know, that's that's the, the, the blessings of personality is it, 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 it motivates us to strive for the mastery of our environment through the mediation of our mind. Personality, while devoid of identity, can unify the identity of any living energy system. So personality is a thing apart from the identity, the identity being just a body with a mind that, like an ant, like an ant may not have personality or a lower form of life, uh, you know, a cell, a living cell doesn't have a personality. It has an identity, it has a place, but it's not endowed with that creative process where it thinks and it chooses. Number six, it discloses only qualitative response to the personality circuit in contradistinction to the three energies which show forth both qualitative and quantitative responses to gravity. So the three energies are mind, matter, and spirit. Personality is only responsive to other personalities. It is not necessarily responsive to just mind, matter, and spirit. Personality is changeless in the presence of change. It can make a gift to God, dedication of the free will to doing the will of God. It is characterized by morality, awareness of relativity of relationships with other persons. It discerns conduct levels conduct levels, and choosingly discriminates between them. Personality is unique, absolutely unique. It is unique in time and space. It is unique in eternity and on paradise. It is unique when bestowed. There are no duplicates. It is unique during every moment of existence. It is unique in relation to God. He is no respecter of persons, but neither does he add them together, for they are non-addable. They are associable, but non-totalable. Number 11, personality responds directly to other personality presence. Number 12, it is one thing which can be added to spirit, thus illustrating the primacy of the Father in relation to the Son. Mind does not have to be added to spirit. Number 13, personality may survive mortal death when identi- with identity in the surviving soul. The adjuster and the personality are changeless. The relationship between them in the soul is nothing but change, continuing evolution. And if this change ceased, the soul would cease. And 14, personality is uniquely conscious of time. And this is something other than than time perception of mind or spirit. Section 1, personality is is bestowed by the Universal Father upon his creature and creatures as a potentially eternal endowment. Such a divine gift is designed to function on numerous levels and in successive universe situations, ranging from the lowly finite to the highest absinite, even to the borders of of the absolute. Personality thus performs on three cosmic planes or in three universe phases. 
Position status is one. Personality functions equally efficiently in the local universe, in the super universe, and in the central universe. That's number one, position status. Number two, meaning status. Personality performs effectively on the levels of the finite, the absinite, and even impinging upon the absolute. So position is number one, meaning number two, and number three, value status. Personality can be experientially realized in the progressive realms of the material, the moral, and the spiritual. So uh, personality is can exist in a lot of different ways, it, 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 but it keeps its its core originality intact. Doesn't matter if you're living in a local universe like Nebadon, or if you're in Orvington, or even if you're in Havona, or if you're on Paradise, personality equally functions efficiently. And taking a look at it can form in the finite level, which is where we're at now, the absinite, when we become true spirit personalities. And even if that one day in the future, when we have that absolute embrace with the Father, we still, in meaning, have that personality unique to us, our possession. Personality has a perfected range of cosmic dimensional performance. The dimensions of finite personality are three, and they are roughly functional as follows. Length represents progression, movement through space and according to time. Vertical depth embraces the organismal drives and attitudes, varying level, the varying levels of self-realization and the general phenomena of reaction to environment. And then number three, so we're at length, vertical, and breadth, embraces the domain of coordination, association, and selfhood organization. The type of personality bestowed upon your ranch immortals has a potential, a potentiality of seven dimensions of self-expression or personal realization or person realization. These dimensional phenomena are realizable as three on the finite level, three on the absinite level, and one on the absolute level. On sub-absolute levels, the seventh or total dimension is experienceable as the fact of personality. The supreme dimension is an associate, associable absolute, and while not infinite, is dimensionally potential for sub-infinite penetration of the absolute. You know, there are a lot of paragraphs in the Arantia book that are like this, where it's like you can read them 15 times and you kind of don't really know what they're talking about. But that changes over time, because I've read that same paragraph probably a dozen times, but each time in my life when I read it, I grasp that much more of what it's trying to say. What it's trying to say is that our personality is the most unique gift you could ever have. It's what gives us the identity that we have. It's what gives us that characteristic that people love about us. And it's continually growing. It, Even though it never leaves you, it is always in evolution. It is always in motion. Only when it doesn't grow does it die. Just like a plant, just like a flower. 
Life is really a process which takes place between the organism and its environment. The personality imparts value of identity and meanings of continuity to this association. Thus, it will be recognized that the phenomena of stimulus response is not a mere mechanical process, since the personality functions as a factor in the total situation. It is ever true that mechanisms are innately passive, organisms inherently active. And by the way, this is one reason why we can never all see the same thing in the same way. It would be impossible for us, you know, when people talk about having their own truth, I suppose that's what they're saying. Every human being on the planet or in existence or any personality anywhere is always going to have a slightly different view. And it's because they possess a personality differentiation. So, for example, if you have 12 people that are all standing in, in a circle and there's a candle in the middle, every one of those 12 people will have a slightly different perspective and they'll walk away with a slightly different meaning, value assessment of that experience. And that's what personality is. It's, it's how God can tell us apart. And it also exhibits the infinity of God's personality because he can produce literally a universe of, of personality beings and each one is one expression of his personality bestowal. You could have unlimited number of children and every single one of them will be different. You could have twins and, and they're different. Even, even on, a, on a more rudimentary level with animals like dogs and cats, every one of them has a unique personality trait that makes them different. And that's an endowment. It's, it's, it's not a material. If it was material, it would just be a pattern. There would be personality patterns and we would all fit into one of several. But that's not what we're talking about. We're actually talking about an endowment that you have that no one can ever take away from you. In science, the human self observes the material world. Philosophy is the observation of this observation of the material world. Religion, true spiritual experience, is the experiential realization of the cosmic reality, of the observation of the observation of all of this relative synthesis of the energy materials of time and space. To build a philosophy of the universe on an exclusive materialism is to ignore the fact that all things material are initially conceived as real in the experience of human consciousness. The observer cannot be the thing, uh, be, be the thing observed. Evaluation demands some degree of transcendence of the thing which is evaluated. In time, thinking leads to wisdom, and wisdom leads to worship. In eternity, worship leads to wisdom, and wisdom eventuates in the finality of thought. The material self, the ego identity of human identity, is dependent during the physical life on the continuing function of the material life vehicle, on the continued existence 
of the unbalanced equilibrium of energies and intellect which on Urantia has been given the name life. But selfhood of survival value, selfhood that can transcend the experience of death, is only evolved by establishing a potential transfer of the seat of the identity of the evolving personality from the transient life vehicle, the material body, to the more enduring and immortal nature of the Marantia soul, and on beyond to those levels wherein the soul becomes infused with and eventually attains the status of spirit reality. This actual transfer from material association to Marantia identification is affected by the sincerity, persistence, and steadfastness of the God-seeking decisions of the human creature, who, I might add, is endowed by a unique personality. They also say there's three kinds of death, and I want to go over this before we conclude. So at this point, you have a better understanding of the uniqueness and the bestowal nature of personality and how that personality gives you that unique perception of consciousness. You're not only conscious, but you're conscious that you're conscious. And that's the personality at work. It's, it's not looking at you in the picture. It's you looking at the picture and knowing that you're looking at the picture. But let's talk about death, because death and personality do have a relationship. We're told that it is our personality which is fused with our father fragment that gives us the potential for soul survival. So we can make it from the physical state that we're in now to whatever the next state is, the Marantia state. But when does a person actually die? What kinds of death are there? And I found this early when I was reading the book and it helped me understand a lot about the human condition. Urantians, and I'm reading from paper 112, section 3, paragraph 1. Urantians generally recognize only one kind of death, the physical cessation of life energies. But concerning personality survival, there are really three kinds. Number one is spiritual soul death. It is when the mortal has finally rejected survival, when he has been pronounced spiritually insolvent, morontially bankrupt, in the conjoint opinion of the fragment, the adjuster, and the surviving seraphim, when such coordinate advice has been recorded on Uversa, which is our headquarters, super-universe, and after the censors and the reflective associates have verified these findings, thereupon do the rulers of Orbanton order the immediate release of the indwelling monitor. So the spirit fragment actually leaves the person because the person has rejected, has just rejected survival. There is no possibility that that individual will ever accept the notion of spirit survival. And that's soul death. Number two is intellectual death, when the vital circuits of higher adjutant ministry are disrupted through the aberration of intellect or because of the partial destruction of the mechanism of the brain. And if these conditions pass a certain critical point of irreparability, the indwelling adjuster is immediately released to depart for Debenningsen. The spirit fragment returns to the Father. 
On the universe records, a mortal personality is considered to have met with death whenever the essential mind circuits of the human's will action have been destroyed. And again, this is death, irrespective of the continuing function of the living mechanism of the physical body. The body minus the volitional mind is no longer human. But according to the prior choosing of the human will, the soul of such an individual may survive. And then finally, physical death. When death overtakes a human being, the adjuster remains in the citadel of the mind, citadel of the mind, until it ceases to function as an intelligent mechanism. About the time that the measurable brain energies cease their rhythmic vital pulsations, following this dissolution, the adjuster takes leave of the vanishing mind, just as unceremoniously as entry was made years before and proceeds to Divinington by way of Uversa. After death, a material body returns to the elemental world from which it was derived, but two non-material factors of surviving personality persist. The pre-existent thought adjuster father fragment, the spirit, with the memory transcriptions of the mortal career, proceeds to Divinington and there also remains in the custody of the destiny guardian, the immortal, morancha soul of the deceased human. These phases and forms of soul, once these once kinetic but now static formulas of identity, are essential to repersonalization on the morancha worlds, and it, it is the reunion of the adjuster, the father fragment, and the soul, the personality of the individual, that reassembles as the surviving personality. That reconsciousizes you at the time of the Morancha awakening. And for those who do not have personal seraphic gardens, the group custodians faithfully and, and efficiently perform the same service of identity safekeeping and personality resurrection. The seraphim are indispensable to the reassembly of personality. Upon death, the thought adjuster temporarily loses personality, but not identity. The human subject temporarily loses identity, but not personality. And on the mansion worlds, both reunite in eternal manifestation. Never does a departed thought adjuster return to earth as the being of former and dwelling. Never is personality manifested without the human will. And never does a disadjusted human being after death manifest active identity or in any manner establish communication with the living beings of earth. Such disadjusted souls are wholly and absolutely unconscious during the long or short sleep of death. There can be no exhibition of any sort of personality or ability to engage in communications with other personalities until after completion of survival. Those who go to the mansion worlds are not permitted to send messages back to their loved ones. It is the policy throughout the universe to forbid such communication during the period of a current dispensation. So it looks like the Long Island medium might be getting messages from elsewhere. But um, so all of this portrays to you now the 
the value of personality and how it engages with the environment, how it constitutes the real and always evolving you while at the same time retains the original blueprint of you distinct from everyone else. Pretty amazing. So there's our, there's our subject matter for this time of personality survival from paper 112. And there's always so much more to follow up, so it might be good reading for you. I appreciate you joining me this time up on the Arantia Audio Podcast. Until next time, thanks for joining me.